The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kubule Agbayani. Beautiful people, it's Wake Up in the Den, Kule, Agbayani, Alamia. Change it up a little bit how I wanted to greet everyone today. I don't know. Yeah, it was a little, feeling a little wacky, feeling a little awesome. It was a little awkward, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> All things good. Hope everyone is having a great morning today. Welcome to the land of sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Alan always, Alan's the president. <laughs> When you look at my title, my many titles, it says President of the Sunshine and Rainbows Club. <laughs> so, yes, welcome to the show. How? I don't know. Um, but it talk, just a, does. talk a little bit of, or a lot of bit of everything going on. There was one thing, actually, that I wanted to bring up in the world of sports business and broadcasting as before we jumped on. It, it's kind of interesting how one thing I did have planned to discuss on this show has to deal with broadcasters and just the world of broadcasting that we live in today and what team does it have to deal with the Los Angeles Angels because of course I got to get the president of Sunshine and Rainbow Land Alan Mia's opinion about this particular topic as someone who is very appreciative and loves the radio world that we live in and yeah, so that's coming up a little later in the show. Can't wait, I love getting I to talk a little uh, Angels baseball, but more inside the business side. Because yeah. actually, I'm really intrigued with the business side of yeah. the Angels organization. And specifically the radio broadcast side. So it gets even more The Spanish specific. radio side? Because they're in yes. the news. Oh, it is. It I, is. I had no idea. Because I, <laughs> I, I follow them really closely, but I, I know there's a, there's a big... I would say uh, brouhaha happening in the in the city of Anaheim in Los Angeles area about the Spanish broadcast. Exactly. So we're gonna get into to that and and a bunch of other stuff get in sports business, including. So we'll talk a little bit about Allen's team, and then we'll talk a little bit about my team and the Chicago Bears and their new um, president guy. Oh, you don't look saying, happy. Yeah, because he basically announced that they're focused. Is on moving. Oh, out of the city. But, oh, out of the city. Yeah, but not out of Chicago. Arlington I mean, Heights. Where? Oh, it's basically not in Chicago. No, it is in Chicago, but it's, it's not on the outskirts. It's yeah, like it's, Chicago County, and it's not even like the outskirts. As say, I mean, technically Wrigley wouldn't even be considered the outskirts. It's 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 not where Soldier Field is in the prime location, and why I love going to Chicago so much because everything is just right there. Yeah. So we'll tell you guys about that later. But first, I want to get into our local sports as we were out at Farrington. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was hoping we were just going to roll right past Oh, my goodness. That. If you guys tuned in yesterday morning, you know exactly what we're talking about and why there's a little chuckle there. As So if you guys, if you guys didn't end up listening to the broadcast last night, but you listened to the show this morning, as you do every single weekday morning, because you're beautiful. Um <laughs> There was a little kerfuffle, I guess, when we jumped. That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> when we jumped on air about where the location of the game yesterday was between Cullahale and Farrington. The original schedule had the game at Farrington, and then Alan saw and heard otherwise, so we thought it was at Cullahale for a little bit. And then um, when we triple-checked in the middle of the day, which good thing we did from multiple... Okay, I'm not joking when I say this, but from multiple sources... Um, 
and ended up being moved back to Farrington. So technically, nobody was wrong <laughs> as the game did move from it was originally scheduled at Farrington, had moved to Collar Hill for a brief second due to gym reservations at reservations, renovations at Farrington, and then renovations got pushed back. So they moved it back to Farrington because, well, specifically too, it was their senior night. Unfortunately, the governor's lost by one on what a game though yeah it was it was crazy i mean we didn't even have like a crowd mic and our broadcast team was like set up opposite of the crowd and i mean i I, but when you're in the gym it all echoes but i mean it's not like they were in a small gym like roosevelt roosevelt has a very small gym you know the frankton gym is actually a pretty decent sized gym and then the windows on the top are open, but it really echoed in there. And so we didn't even need a crowd mic. You could hear all the excitement last night. But the Mustangs spoiling senior night for the governors, beating them 64-63. And but it was it was exciting. And that's why we love covering these OIA sports. It's just awesome. Like it's high school sports is just on another level here. Here's here's the crazy thing. You look at it and and you go, well, it's an interdivision matchup for one. D1, D2, um, you look at the records and you would think, like, just off paper, you go, like, well, this is not going to be close at all. This should be a blowout. Next thing you know, it, it's, I mean, it's it's literally, as as Paul Brecht had had rightfully said, it was a track meet. It was nonstop running gun, um, turnover galore, but that's because of the frantic pace both teams were playing at was nonstop action, back and forth. I think it was a one-point game at halftime. And then all of a sudden, Farrington jumps out on a like 11-0 run and goes up 11 to start the second half. And you think, this this, this is the governor's night. Senior night, they're going to pull away from this. And then all of a sudden, right after that, it was funny. It was They went on an 11-point run, and then they stole the ball back. And instead of just keep going, the governor's head coach decided to call a timeout. Ugh. He called a timeout. That gives Kala Hale the opportunity to catch their breath. And then Kalahale, Kalahale runs off of like a 12-point run. That's weird. Usually you have the opposing coach call the timeout yeah. just to kill the momentum. That's usually how it goes of that team that jumps out. And Paul had said, and I was like, I was like, oh, that's kind of an interesting take. He said, well, the governors are going to take a timeout just to kind of preserve this, this momentum, this run, give their guys a break, but to keep it going. And I thought to myself, okay, inter- interesting kind of tactic, but I don't know if I would do it. Your team's kind of like just letting adrenaline take over. Yeah. Let them run dry. Let them run dry. Do a line change for like five minutes then and then let or a couple minutes. Let your guys get a break and then come back in and do it all over again. But uh, what what a game. Yeah. And, and kudos to the governors for hanging by in case anyone missed it. The governors are actually in Division 2 in the East and Kala Hill is the team that's in Division 1. So for the Govs to hang in there, you know, credit to them only losing by one point to the team in the higher division. Uh, but it's it's fun as they gear up for the playoffs. At the top, though, of the Division 1 East, you have Kailua, who is undefeated. And Kahuku, who is sitting at eight and one, followed by Moanalua at seven and two, and Roosevelt, who is also at seven and two. And then on the west side, you have Mililani, what what, <laughs> undefeated in the league, and Campbell right behind them at nine and one, Lelehua at seven and two. So it's kind of the top teams are relatively even, just like how we see on the girls' side. So shout out Mililani. You just we can't just talk OIA without the oh Mililani was up. You can't. 
it's all it's always gonna be that pride there. Oh, the Trojans, brah. Gonna be that pride. <laughs> By the way, I have to give a shout out to the um and this is going to be so happy for for Alan to hear and for me to humble brag just a little bit. Mm. I knew it was coming. <laughs> Gotta give a shout out to the Mililani High School JV soccer team for girls' soccer. I knew it was coming. <laughs> This is kind of delayed as they did the game was last week Friday when they beat Kaiser 4-0. But but I swear I forget the exact number, but we are on a 20 something year run of being JB champs, just saying. And I can say we because I you're was a part, part of, of it. that. I'm part of the streak. You're part of that run. Yes, I'm part of the streak in two. So I have two. Well, congratulations. So shout out to the Minilani Lady Trojans on the JV for a 20 something. I think it's like 23 or something That's, like that. It's crazy. It's amazing because as the years go on, the kids these days, no matter what school, are more athletic than they were when we were growing up. Like, that's just facts. Like, there's no way around it. The kids today are more athletic than we were ever. We'll probably outwork them. Don't get me wrong. Like you and me, we'll outwork them to be better than them. But they're just naturally better. So the talent level is 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 a lot better across the island. So for Mililani to be able to sustain that streak, uh, like you said, twenty three something year, twenty something years, twenty three, we think it is of JV championships, uh, OIA championships. That's remarkable. Yeah, I mean that's how much talent that was in that Mililani area. Like. It's like we when I played, I swear there was probably like at least 50 girls that came out to tryouts like that. And and in hindsight, I, I thought that was normal. But then when I see some of the numbers at the other schools and especially even when I coached out at Midpack and you're like, oh, I guess that's not really normal. That is a lot. And then, you know, that's why making the team there is so huge and then winning. And yeah. Shout out to to well, congratulations, JV. Woo. That's pretty spectacular, or, actually. Pat on the back. Yeah. So what is this Rainbow Warrior volleyball going for a three <laughs> three peak? Come on, that's only three. <laughs> Talk bro. to me when you're at twenty. Yeah, exactly. Okay? <laughs> you learn. Yeah, because I mean, just like in girls JV soccer here, there's not as that many teams like to be honest to play against. So just like men's volleyball, like there's not that many teams to compete against. So come on, you can't. <laughs> Three Pete, that's cute. That's cute. Oh, cute! Your three back to back to back national champions. Oh. Speaking of, dude, uh, they look good. Though, by the last way, they night. did win. They did win. They swept St. Francis last night. But there is a lot of chatter, and I tweeted about it as well. Keone Thyme with a seventy-six mile an hour serve. If you guys haven't seen it, you have to go like look. at like, Spectrum Sports has it on their social media, and it's, <laughs> it's. Fast and and it was basically the Aloha ball to to end the game or the final set and then the game and you're just like, uh, where did the, like, it, it was just in adrenaline. Cra- it was crazy how fast that was and that's honestly why I love I've always loved men's volleyball. It's just I mean the granted speed. that that's not how they serve every single time, but just the speed of their serves and the kills and it's just like. So so fast and you're always like on the edge of your seat wondering what's going to happen because you know like uh, there's a lot more rally scoring in women's volleyball which I know a lot of people like as well and I and I appreciate but when you watch men's volleyball it's just crazy like how fast the ball moves <laughs> how fast um you know how athletic these guys really are in their twitch muscles or, or something else because the reaction time it's it, it split seconds you, you got to make a decision split seconds to to position your body your hands and then also you know 
figure out if you have enough time to make a dive or something or pancake it, pancake save. So uh, it's crazy. My in-laws absolutely love volleyball now. Um, they 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 absolutely are in love with it. They love watching it because, like you said, it's fast, it's paced, it keeps you engaged because it's it's constantly going. I'm snapping my fingers like y'all can see me and, and hear me. They can me. hear. But... <laughs> But um, no, they love it too because of that very exact reason. It's but even like women's volleyball here because it's different than on the mainland in a lot of places. Except for of course you go to this the certain schools, you know the quality is this you know top notch like it is out here. But not everywhere is it like what you see with the Rainbow Wahine usually on a, on a daily basis. Breaking news, Alan. Oh no, twenty four. The Eddie is back on. Clyde oh. Eichau confirms the big web. The no. big wave contest will be held on Sunday no. as forecast shows waves could reach up to 30 feet, which is interesting. It did get pushed back because the last time when we called or when not we, but when they announced that it was called off earlier in the month, they said January 20th. So a few more days later, they say they're forecasting. I don't know. Sunday. I saw the forecast for the weekend. It's supposed to be rainy and windy. So Actually, no. I think they always said the 22nd. That's right. Because I was saying, oh, it's on a Sunday. Maybe I can actually go out there because it's not on a weekday. There you go, Alan. The Eddie is back on. I'm, mm-hmm. You're president of Sunshine and Rainbow Line, Alan. We are sending good vibes into the universe I just, and into I'm, I'm nature. You, I saw that the weather report. The Eddie will be on. Guy Hoggy. It's okay if it rains. Always right. It's the wind that we need to go like push. Well, back. then that doesn't make me happy that the Eddie's happening because this fog is killing me. <laughs> and so if the Eddie's going, that means there's no wind, and that means the fog is sticking around all weekend, and my allergies can't take it anymore. Oh, Ellen, oh my allergies. I'll get excited. Forget on, about your allergies. No, I'll we get, want the Eddie. I'll get I'll get excited on Saturday. It's, it's <laughs> actually it's, it's no. Still, you, can't, you can't get excited until Sunday morning. Yeah, it's it's still a little early in advance. You know the 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 ver- there's so many variables out there when it comes to Mother Nature. So I don't know. I'll, I'll get it. I'll, I'll start getting excited as the days go on. But right now is a little too early for me to start living in sunshine rainbow land for yeah, that one. It is a little early. I'm I won't get excited either. But when we come back, we will stick to our conversation about some of those things in local sports and then coming up a little later in the show, talk some sports business with the LA Angels and their radio broadcast and also the Chicago Bears and moving out of the city. When we come back on Wake Up in the Den. Yo 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 And if you missed it before we went to break, being reported by Hawaii News Now is that Clyde Aikau has announced that the Eddie Big Wave Surf Contest is on Sunday. But I wouldn't get too excited as our hopes and dreams were crushed earlier in the month when it didn't go because of wind and weather and wave conditions. So, but the wave height is supposed to come in on Sunday. So let's all hope and pray for good weather and we can deal with the vog for a little while longer if that means that the winds aren't going to be crazy and the eddy you can no hey i have sinus problems too that's why like when you know covid and stuff first started i'm like i don't really know if i'm getting sick or not because i've always had like sinus issues and ever since i was a kid and all my life so i don't really ever know if it's like is this just my sinuses or is this the vid 
<laughs> so fortunately, uh, I think most of the time it's just. It's sinuses, sinuses most, yeah. Like, but but like, you know what I mean, because so you deal with it too. And then you're, we lived in we live in the world of like with the paranoia and stuff. As we should, we should be, we should be cautious when everything was going on. But it's like you're just your senses are heightened. Like, is this like I don't know if I'm getting sick, but this feels how I usually feel. But I don't know because all the symptoms that they say you're gonna feel is kind of like how I feel every other day, regardless, because my sinuses get nuts. So, but either way, the Eddie. Stick around, watch your updates on Hawaii News Now or social media to see if the Eddie is going to go. All right. So a couple of other things in our world of high school sports. As we've been mentioning next week, Monday, we will have the OIA Girls Basketball Division One semifinals on Hawaii Sports Radio Network. And then on Wednesday, we will have the Division One and Division Two championships as they prepare for the state championships coming Next week and then the following week will be the OIA boys basketball playoffs. But just a lot of things going on as if like, you know, we feel like, okay, football season's coming to an end. But there is so much going on in the the world of high school sports and also just our the state championship games coming up. You have canoe paddling happening on February 4th. Girls soccer happening next week as well. Wait, no, two weeks from now. And boys soccer the following week. You know, Mark Takai Swimming and Diving Championships, February 10th to 11th. And you have boys basketball, wrestling. My goodness. God love our high school sports here in Hawaii. But when we take a look also going on right now with the girls and boys soccer in the OIA. Shout out Mililani again. Wow. It's just going to be all day, guys. <laughs> they are in the semifinals and will play Campbell. They beat Kapolei 6 0 uh, the other day, and Campbell beat Castle 3 1. So they will face off in one Division One semifinal. And then on the other side, you have Pearl City, who, that's right, that's who I got it, had to give a shout out to is AC's niece, who hit the golden goal for Pearl City against IAEA. So they won in overtime 2 1 over IAEA. And that if it's anything like how when I was playing, anytime it's it's usually like Pro City Aea Mililani and we we like to not like each other <laughs> when it comes to soccer because we're always competing in the regular season and then the playoffs. So yeah, shout out. And then on the other side, Moana Lua also winning in overtime, beating Waipahu 1-0. So on the other side, Pro City and Moana Lua in one semifinal and Mililani and Campbell in the other semifinal and the championship game. Those games are happening tonight out at Kaiser High School and in the championship game that will be on Saturday. So go Mililani. Go Trojans, <laughs> go. And then for the uh, the boys soccer playoffs don't start until next week so getting the first round buys you have oh look Mililani again <laughs> finishing at the top of the west uh, Kaiser finishing off at second in the east are to have the other buy along with Kapole and Kalani <laughs> I think Alan should be like an honorary since since you didn't graduate from a high school here you can have Mililani can be your <laughs> honorary I'm an honorary rough rider <laughs> Coached at Roosevelt, oh, yeah, so that's I'm an honorary rough All right. You can be an honorary Mililani Trojan, too. I got a lot of... That can be your your. I your am West close with the Nitas. Oh, yeah, see? Even though he's not the AD anymore, but still. And I am close with the Kongs. Antonio, there you uh, go. Rose. See, there I'm, you go. I'm, I'm close with Rose. Actually, speaking of Rose and Joyce, the twins, my favorite twins, 
Happy belated birthday to them. I heart them to death. They're like my Hanai family, so happy birthday to them. Awesome. Happy birthday. You can sing. Go ahead and sing them happy birthday. No, not happening. Dang. It's okay. All right. And we don't want to forget about our D2 uh, players. So in the girls division two, you have, it's a, fewer teams make the the playoffs. So you have Kailua and Nanakuli getting the first round buys. So in the first round, Wainai will take on Kaimuki. And then on the other side, it'll be Farrington and Wailua. So a lot of stuff going on in high school sports. I also wanted to make note that Taulia Tango Vailoa has announced that he is staying at Maryland. So they actually did like a whole fancy video thing like he did on social media, just announcing mm. that he is going to stay. So they're going to be competitive. Like I think what game was it? It was the Michigan game where I think that was the one I was, I, I think they were like a huge underdog and I I was like, they're going to cover because like I was watching Maryland play and they looked really, really good. There were a couple of scares throughout the season with Talia getting injured. And it was it was like crazy flashbacks to almost like watching Tua get injured when he was playing and obviously when he's playing now. But fortunately, he's good and he's staying at Maryland. So they're going to be a force I, to reckon with next season. I love when guys, knowing that they might have an opportunity at the next level, there might be a, a, a chance, but they decide to, like, stay, stick it out, harder your skill, like, you know, hone in on your skills and, and get better and stronger and bigger and, and just get more experience. Um, I appreciate that. I, I think it takes a lot and uh, to be able to say, I got to forego my dreams real quick because I still got a job to do and I still a mission here, and, and I still got to improve itself. And and I remember when Talia was was at was a couple right? Mm-hmm. And and the word was like Talia might be better than Tua. Like in the grand scheme of things, and, and that's usually the case with the younger brother. Um probably more natural raw talent um than than the older sibling, uh whether it's male or female, doesn't really matter. But usually it's always the younger sibling has more natural and raw talent. It's just are they gonna be able to outwork the older sibling? Um and I I'm not saying I I haven't been around Talia to know if he does or not, but it looks like he's putting in the work, which is really good. So now you're starting to see that natural at, at times. Again, mm-hmm. got to become more consistent for me, but at times you're starting to see, you know, that natural raw and just just gifted talent that Talia really possesses. That from I remember when he like I said when he was in high school here at, at Couple A, you, you heard like watch Talia, he he could be something special and be a lot better. I mean, there's a reason why Bama wanted him too. It wasn't just a package deal. Bama doesn't do package deals just to get one or the other. You know what I mean? You're either gonna be, you're either good enough to be, uh, uh, you know, for Bama to want, or or you're not. That's simply. I don't care. I'm not taking little brother just because we want you. <laughs> and the good thing too about Talia is that, yeah, in case anyone forgot, he was at Alabama for a year. I think you know, obviously playing against or under his brother and not really looking at like he was going to play and and. For anyone that's maybe thinking like, oh, he transferred because he wasn't going to play. Actually, when you kind of dive into it, it's more so, you know, we talk about transfer portal and then we talk about players liking coaches. And I think that's the situation with Talia because Michael Loxley, who is the head coach at Maryland now, he was actually at Alabama and coached Tua and Talia. He was the offensive or co-offensive coordinator, then got promoted and was part of that national championship, I believe, in 2017. And so 
It's more of Talia because even at first I was like, wow, that's really random that Talia is going to Maryland of all places. You know, it didn't seem like it fit. And then you look and you're like, oh, he's following the coach. And the coach has done amazing things at Maryland. They were very competitive this past season. Talia and their offense looked amazing. And I think they're only going to get better going over the stats, his passing statistics. So he's been there since 2020, obviously the shortened season. So he only played four games, but played in 28 games, uh, completed 646 for 950 passes, only 24 interceptions for just over 7,600 yards and 50 touchdowns. So coming back for one more year and kudos to him. And like I said, I think he's under the perfect coach. They're going to do big things next year. I love it too. Outside of, you know, like sticking with the coach that one probably recruited you to is more probably suited for your style. Mm -hmm. What I... What I think was also really, really special was the fact that he, he he stood up and he was like, to me at least, and this is me personally, what I what I felt like was like, I also don't want to live in the the shadow of my brother. I'm I'm my own man. I'm my own player. You know, I I love what Tua has done. He's mentored me and, and everything. But I, to me, it felt like he also wanted to step out of that shadow and be like, here I am. This is me. I'm Talia, not Tua. And- I don't know. I feel like I don't. I, Talia doesn't seem like that type of kid it might not seem that way but let me tell you something when you're Tua's brother you live in a shadow whether you want whether you think you do or you don't you live in a shadow but I feel like you would have already thought about that and not have gone to Alabama in the first place because you're like I don't want to play with my brother I'd I'd, I'd venture out to say that was more of a should have gone to like Auburn no I'm (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I won't go there. Well, again, I think it's because they probably both quarterbacks fell in love with just the coach that was there offensively. And well, Tua had said that one of the major reasons he chose Alabama of a lot of the other schools was because they have Sundays off and everyone goes to church and the Tango Vailoas are a very religious family. So that was huge for them as well. But I think in that case, we're going to agree to disagree. I'm like, Talia doesn't seem like the ones that's like, I don't want to be in my brother's shadow because he loves, you know, it's one of those, you, like, they just me, ad- admire, like, each, each other really so much and would always want to be together. And I just, I really think you it's, stay at Alabama. No, but I said when we talk about kids transferring, a lot of times players will choose schools if, and this is more so if they have a feeling that they can play at the next level, right? Like, if, if, because I do agree with your sentiment that you brought up before to some extent where you should go where it's a good school. Like if you have no chance to play at the next level and you're honest with yourself, then yeah, you choose a better school. But if you're, you have aspirations and believe and are told that you can play at another level, you have to choose like the best program and the best coach to bring that out of you. And that's kind of what Talia did over there at Maryland. But anyways, he's coming back next year. Maryland, I think is going to be very, very good. When we come back, we'll talk Angels baseball and everything going on and just imploding, really, as the team is supposed to be getting ready to to sell. When we come back on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. To all of you, the beautiful list of all the beautiful people. Let's wake up in the tan. Kule Agbayani, Alamia, 
having a little fun on this Thursday, even though we're about to get angry Alan in like Back. three, two, one. <laughs> President of Sunshine and Rainbow Land is going to um, <laughs> have to step out for a little bit as we get into our next topic because he, one, he's so passionate about his LA Angels, but also two, obviously, we work in radio and we've been working in radio for a very, very long time, uh, you know, even though I'm still 25. So it's just been a really long time that I've been in radio. And so it's just seeing um, everything unfold there in Los Angeles as it, Artie Moreno is reportedly getting ready to to sell the team as if things couldn't get worse. But basically, this has to deal with their Spanish radio broadcast team. Um, Jose Tolentino, who Alan was mentioning during the break, you know, he's, he's very good. He's not Jaime. Doing the, yeah, doing the Spanish broadcast. Uh, Jaime Harin basically was the Spanish broadcaster for the Los Angeles Dodgers for a long time and very well respected. And it, the article says, and this is via The Athletic, that he helped grow the fan base for the Dodgers as they cater to a very... Latino lucrative like Spanish speaking market. Yeah. Like basically <laughs> what you're supposed to to do. And the LA Angels, however, have scaled back big time. So just to put it in perspective, right out of the three major league teams in Southern Cal with the Angels, you're Dodgers, being- and Padres, the Angels are the only team without a full time Spanish language broadcast. Basically, so these other two are very much aware and taking care of that community that is, but I believe in Southern California, I think the stat is like almost 50% is like Latino. 30% in Orange County where they currently play in the city of Anaheim. And then uh, when you when you talk about the greater Los Angeles area, you're looking at like four, almost, almost 50%. Yeah, 49.1%. 49.1% all Latino Spanish speaking. Um, yeah, so it, everything kind of came around came out because Jaime Harin retired after this past season. So going back to Tolentino, though, for the Angels, he was, back then, it says he was treated like a legitimate major league broadcaster, as you should be. It's, I mean, these teams make millions and millions of dollars. And we're talking pre-COVID. So he said more than three years ago, after the 2019 season, more than 20 years since he first became the Spanish radio voice of the Angels, back when he was treated again like a legitimate broadcaster, he made $80,000 a year and had full benefits. And the Angels had broadcasted all 162 games and traveled on the road. We made a big comment like this now, but we, you know, it's, it's COVID was a little hard to navigate, and especially when you have to cut back. So the Angels broadcast started doing the road games from in a studio, which a lot of the diehards can tell, but for the most part, you know, like I can't tell. It doesn't make it. Oh no, deal to you, me. You, I can tell. I can tell every time the Angels decide not to like travel their 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 broadcast team. I. It, it's it's different. The vibe is different. Even their the tone of the play by play and the uh, and so in this case, you know Terry and uh, Terry and 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 Lanks, it, you can tell their their dynamic is different because they're they're home. They're in California doing this game while the team is on the road. Um, but yeah, but getting back to Tolentino, so he had seen the team's commitment to its Spanish broadcast slowly erode. Basically, doing fewer games and fewer in fewer places, and also at home, 
he was relocated out of his Angel Stadium booth and wasn't given a broadcast partner. So he was forced to choose between calling games from a soundproof closet in Wright Field, a studio in L.A., or inside a laundry room from his Mission Viejo home. So they basically scaled back everything and he was no longer a full-time employee. Instead, he made $350 a game as a freelancer. And for those that are like, oh, $350 a game seems like so much fun. When you're when it's this level of baseball, that's peanuts. Like these 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 men and women work their butts off to get to this level. That's the ultimate level. The epitome of sports broadcast is to call a professional game and professional sports teams make a lot of money and they need to invest in the talent to make sure they reach all their fan base. That's what it comes down to. You don't want to neglect an entire population of people where the Dodgers are taking over and getting new fans because the Angels are like, eh, we don't need to invest in that product. Meanwhile, the Dodgers are doing it as well. So as a freelancer, from 80 grand a year to just 350 a game, and his producer making 110 per game for six to eight hours of work. And that's the thing, too. If you break it down by hours, it's not like Tolentino's just gonna show up and be, you know, like, all right, I'm here, I'm gonna work a three-hour game and get paid 350. No, there's a lot that goes a lot more that goes into broadcasting. And if you can't tell, then that means we're doing our job. <laughs> if you can't tell that there's a lot that goes on and it sounds seamless, then that's a good thing. So despite calling upward of a thousand Angels games, he felt as though the team's management couldn't care less if they ever called one more. The irony about this, all of this too, is that like the part I can't wrap my head around is when your owner is of Mexican descent and is completely neglecting the Latino community. Like that's the part that I don't, you know, we talk about in professional sports, how there's a bias and we need to do more for people of color and and in terms of all aspects of the game, like coaching, front office. And then the owner is just like, no, I don't really care. <laughs> I, I will say this and I want to preface it with, un- please understand this when I say this, like it's hard for me to say what I'm about to say because I grew up in Angel Stadium Former, my family has season tickets since the early 70s. So, I, I mean, I literally, instead of hanging out with friends, I grew up in that stadium. I went to every Angel game, even during the weeks and whatnot. So, it, it I live and die by the Angels. Like, I bleed red. I, I'm, a, I'm an Angel through and through. But I am also so embarrassed to be associated with the Angels, to be, you know, a fan of the Angels when it comes to this matter. Um, you, Tolentino is so special. Yeah, he's not Jaime. Jaime's a rare breed where, you know, you're talking about a Spanish broadcaster in the Hall of Fame, Baseball Hall of Fame, winning, a, you know, it was won a, a prestigious award from the Baseball Hall of yeah, Fame. Kind of like a Vin Scully, you know, he's, like he's he's literally the Spanish speaking Vin Scully. Yeah. Um, and, and Jaime's so amazing if you ever get to meet him. Um, Tolentino, though, of course, not Jaime's stature, but right underneath him. And, and yeah. Tolentino's got the. The the resume that would make people drool. Um, the problem I have really is. The problems are, are are larger than this. Larger than this. The problem is with the Angels. It's it's a it's a front office that is a mess from top to bottom. That's why I'm so thankful they're going to be sold, or at least they're going through the process of being sold. Will it happen anytime soon? I don't know. I to be perfectly honest, I wouldn't want to inherit this mess. Um, it it it's it's a complete cluster. Um, 
but to neglect. Although anything you do will make it better. So you're, this is you, can, true. you can look like the superhero. This is true. And, 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 and hear me out. To neglect the Spanish-speaking community in Southern California, I think, is almost career suicide for an organization. Um, especially when you change the name from the Anaheim Angels to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I understood the reasoning of why you put Los Angeles before the name. I understand it. If you don't know, the original name of the Angels was the Los Angeles Angels. <laughs> Secondly, you're, you're trying to appeal to a larger marketing area, you're, you're a broader marketing area than just Orange County. I get it. Well, if you're going to do that, and you know that the greater Los Angeles area is 50% Latino, you better not neglect the one thing they crave and they seek, and that's the Spanish-speaking broadcast. If you're going to do that, you might as well turn the name back to the either the Anaheim Angels and live with the stigma of what Orange County is, or at least go back to maybe even contemplate Cal- the California Angels, another original name of the Angels. But then again, who has the right to be called California's team? But to neglect a community of which you're trying to seek a broader engagement from. It's career. It's organizational suicide. And it starts from top to bottom. To not be able to to not be able to be smart enough as a business person to understand you've neglected a great majority of your fan base. I I, I can't fathom it. It's a mess from top to bottom. And how they go about their business. I don't care that they okay they they made a decision not to do it, but how they're going about it, ignoring emails, ignoring calls, ignoring meetings, just saying you're not worth it. That's the problem I have. The interesting thing too, and I'm gonna this is kind of almost inviting you guys into the world of broadcast and everything that goes on, similar to what goes on locally. So. And, and again, this is the business side where the Angels, as of right or the last couple of years, they don't actually control the broadcast. So that's another thing. And so they, they license it out to KWKW. So it's similar to the University of Hawaii and the other station over here that broadcast their games. Like you, they, they, the UH can have a certain say on who broadcasts. But it's up to the discretion of a completely different station and a company. So the fact that the Los Angeles Angels, though, a professional team, does the same thing with KWKW. And basically, Juan Rodriguez, who is the director of program and operations over there, said that there was a shift in the Angels' relationship with the station two years ago, which could be a contributing factor in the limiting number of games aired as of the last two years. Angels broadcast became the property of the station. So they handle the broadcast and they sell it. So pretty much all the expenses go to them. So part of the reason why is they're more so now there. That's why they're paying Tolentino as a freelancer and he's not necessarily like under the angels. But the fact that the angels allow that to happen, because as the organization, you have a say like you can force them to do it like, hey, you guys need to do this. This is important to our franchise. So you need to do it. But the fact that the angels, like, they just don't care. And they're like, yeah, you guys can sell it. We're just going to let you guys do whatever you want. Um, Whatever. Like, here's, here's, it, it, it's cool. We're, we're just going to forget. Because, again, they're the bigger property, just like the UH. The UH can say how they want things to be. 
and it's going to go because you have to do it. But the fact that even a professional sports team is like letting that radio station. And so because the radio station has to pay for the broadcaster and like anyone else, they got to cut back in expenses. Again, this isn't the angels paying for it. They're like, oh, no, we're we're just going to cut back on the Spanish side. And and the, but just the fact that the Los Angeles Angels are letting it happen is just like. People I forget, can't even fathom. But people forget the Angels have their own radio station. Yeah. AMA 80. That's that's their own radio station. It's where the it's the flagship of the Angels broadcast for English for English the English speaking community language I don't know whatever you want to call it, right? Their their main flagship. And then of course KW uh, it's KWKW, right? Yeah. Um they're they're the license they're the flagship for the Spanish speaking uh, side of it. Um, they still have yet to tell him how many games he's going to do, and then it becomes down to if they don't want to pay his wages. Yeah. Okay, what's his wages? As he says, oh, it was cut down to about $300 a game. Are you kidding me? A professional team exactly. broadcast being That's $300 a game? <laughs> and then his producer, again, it, it's a lot of work to call a professional. It's a lot of work even as we do to call HP, UH, or high school. You, there's a lot of prep that goes into it. But this is nothing compared to the level and the level of expertise and skill and talent that you have to do to call a professional sports team in any any language. And to treat them like wanna... they're nothing and pay them Again, to 350 to call a baseball game, I know for some people will be like, that's the dream job. No, when you work your butt off to get up there. It's not the dream job when you have to pay your own flights and everything yeah. and you're not making a, 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 you're livable, not making wage. a livable wage. You're actually incurring more expenses than you are, um, you know, reven- uh, any, any type of income because you have to travel, get your own hotel for, especially, you know, uh, Tolentino's case here here's the thing though for any organization no matter what sport college um even high school high school college professional ranks doesn't matter what sport you've got to take the people take care of the people that either help your your product or your broadcast um and and that's from game ops all the way to to the broadcast side of it you have got to take care of because what people always people always like the fans always go like, oh yeah, it's the dream job. You get to watch the game. You're there live, but you don't realize how much time it is. The prep work that goes before it. You don't get to just leave right when the game is pow and you just walk out the gym. You got you got you got to close down shop and you got to take care of the things that are done after the game that no one sees. Right? Mm-hmm. It's time consuming. You have got to make people's times worth it, and and that's the thing about it. Angels broadcast. You have got to make it worth his time, especially if you're gonna sit there and say you got to take care of your own travel, hotel, whatever expenses. You've got to then make it to where he is at least pocketing money, not taking out of his pocket. But you have to be, but you have to do something even more so. You've got to understand the market you are trying to reach. You've got to, you've got to realize the revenue stream of which you are trying to grow. You cannot neglect it. Yeah, and then your counterparts are paying attention to that and then you're just going to lose so if I'm by the, the second. So I was going to say this real quickly because I know I'm up against. If I'm the Dodgers, I go after Tolentino. And if I'm Tolentino, even though, even though it hurts because you've grown up being the Angels broadcaster, I jump ship. Yeah, you have to live in the, the shadow of Jaime. Maybe but, that's his master plan for speaking I, out against I, the Angels. No, He's like, I don't, Dodgers, I don't, I'm no, here. here. Here's the thing. I don't think it is. But but I'm just saying, if, if you... If the Dodgers are smart, go take the next best one. 
By the way, just to remind everyone why we're so passionate about how much these broadcasters should get paid, because when you look at the value, as we talk about Artie Moreno getting ready to sell, he bought the team in 2003 for $184 million. So that's around $300 million today. But the team could sell for at least $3 billion. So yes, accounting for inflation, that's a huge return on investment as it would be valued or as if you were to buy it today, it would have been $300 million dollars but it could sell for three billion if you look at forbes the value is 2.2 billion revenue over the last 10 or so years is 331 million operating income so obviously with covid and them recovering they were operating at a loss 20 in 2021 it was a loss of 33 million and in 2022 uh, a loss of 2.4 million but if you look at all the years before that and again tolentino said this was prior to the 2019 season. In 2019, they were operating at a $61 million operating income. So that's why. You need to pay your broadcasters. You can afford it. All right. We'll be back to close out the show on Wake Up in the Den. So I saw this other interesting thing come through um, from front office sports. Uh, there's actually there's a friendly exhibition match or whatnot against Paris Saint Germain, which is the team that Paris Saint Germain. We're in America. <laughs> Just kidding. PSG. I love their unis. <laughs> well, Lionel Messi plays for PSG, and there's kind of like this. All-star friendly game. all-star game by for these two Saudi backed teams and Cristiano Ronaldo. So it's not his new Saudi team, Al Nasir. It's like this all-star team, but they're basically Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo are playing against each other, which PSG, I believe is, has, I don't know if this game is over, but uh, PSG is up five, three. don't know if this is a final. I think it's a final. Anyways, I want to go back though to just, leading up to this game where the Saudi government auctioned a $2.6 million ticket for this Messi-Ronaldo matchup. The seat dubbed the Beyond Imagination ticket was originally set at $260,000, but it does it does include a chance to meet the two stars in Leo Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo and access to the trophy ceremony and locker rooms. So the entertainment sector of Saudi Arabian government reportedly auctioned off the $2.6 million ticket uh, earlier in the week. And it's like, it's, I believe someone actually paid it. <laughs> yeah. Just to it, me- Well, it opened up at like something like $200,000. Yeah, two, $260,000. Yeah, and it went all the way up to $2.6 million to one, not only see the match, obviously, but I mean, if you have that kind of money and you're a huge soccer slash football fan and it gave you the opportunity to meet the two players, especially now that, you know, Messi's a World Cup winner and he essentially have has won every single thing that you can win in professional football. And then Cristiano Ronaldo, who is Alan's favorite player. Um, so I know Alan would want to meet him so much, so much, so much. <laughs> so, but the money from the ticket will 
reportedly go to charity rather than the government, but I doubt that. Yeah. <laughs> so they're in the 85th minute. Um, so yeah. they are still playing both uh, mess. Oh. All right. For Alamia, I'm Kule Agbayani. It's been Wake Up in the Den. KGUAM K236CR Honolulu is the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760.